Hi friend, it's 2020. And let's be real, if you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and sometimes overwhelming. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement in the midst of living, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm excited you're listening today. We are talking about clarity in 2020, and this month we're talking about living an encouraged life. If you are curious about the current series and would like to know more, you can check out season two episodes or visit my website at www.janellewood.com where you can sign up to receive the Clarity 2020 Power Sheet and the monthly reflective questions that go along with this series. I said this in the last episode, but Clarity is all about distinguishing what is genuine from what is counterfeit. It's about finding something real. So for 2020, I wanted to talk about finding something real when it comes to specific issues that I sometimes struggle with, thinking maybe they're issues that resonate with you too. So yes, January is all about living encouraged because how do you find encouragement when life is full of detours, distractions, and road bumps? It's hard. And if you're anything like me, you might struggle with discouragement, especially during this time of year when we sometimes have great expectations that don't always go the way we plan. And so today, appropriately enough, I've hit a minor speed bump. Last week, I recorded an episode with my beautiful and healthy friend, Melanie Castaneda from Chicago. We had a great conversation about living encouraged and being anchored in truth for your emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. It was a great conversation. I was so excited to share it with you. But this week has been another doozy. I got a phone call last Wednesday that my daughter had a fever, so she was home for a few days, and then we've been going nonstop. And I've been working on trying to find host families for exchange students, which is a side job I'm passionate about. And guess what? I didn't get to editing that podcast until tonight on the eve of tomorrow's podcast broadcast. And I pull out the audio from last week's recordings to start doing edits. And five minutes into the recording, it begins to sound like a garbly, goop, mess, echoey mess. And audio was pretty unusable. So this week... Friend. My guest is not the lovely Melanie Castaneda. She'll be back and she's so full of wisdom and truth. I, she is worth the wait. Um, but you'll have to wait and hear from her at another time. Instead, my guest today is probably one of the most servant-like people I know. <laughs> Indicated by the fact that he's here right now. He is intelligent and funny. He loves the Lord. In fact, that was the first thing that drew me to him. And he spends his days encouraging, leading, and molding young people as a middle school principal, as a father of four, and a host dad. He's the man that I'm married to, Mr. Brian Wood. Brian, 
Thank you for being on the Finding Something Real podcast. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to be with everybody today. (laughs) You're not with everybody. You're just with me right now. But I will be when you put this online. (laughs) Well, maybe just one person's listening to it right now. Maybe. (laughs) Um, Brian, why did you agree to come on the podcast so last minute? Love for my wife. (laughs) Well, surprise, we were going to talk about relationships next month which we will continue to do. And maybe uh, you can come back then as a repeat guest. How would you feel about that? Whenever you ask, baby. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so, <laughs> Brian, you've always been an encouragement to me in our marriage. And I'd love for you to share what you're all about. What grounds you? <laughs> I don't really think about that kind of stuff very often. Um, I don't know. I just think that what grounds me is just how can I make people's days better? So how can I be kind to people? Um, even when I'm frustrated, even when I'm not wanting to be, that's kind of what I try to be is, is that kindness. So, uh, whether it's being a servant, like you said, in the thing, I don't really look at myself as a servant. I just look at it as I'm just trying to do things that I think would be thoughtful to make people's days better. And that's, what kind of grounds me is that that looking of how can I be like Christ in um, doing things for people and, and helping out where I can and helping out with uh, sometimes my giftings. Sometimes it's it's helping out with things that I don't really know how to do, but just trying to figure it out and work through it. and But just kind of keeping that, that mind. I, I think there's that Christian song that that's out there right now that um, I don't know the word, the name of it, but where he, sings that I don't want to leave a legacy and in the end I just want to leave Jesus and that's that's what my focus is that's what I try to be and all too often I fail but that's what I kind of aspire to be so were you always a strong believer did you always have that focus of wanting to leave kindness and um, encouragement wherever you went no, and I think if you talk to family members that they would look at me and say, who is that? Um, I can't say that that's been my focus. I, I wasn't always the kind kid. I was a fun kid, I think, but I wasn't kind. Um, so I, I know that through God, that changed me. And through God and just experiences in my life, it kind of helped me be who I am now. Uh I was raised in a Christian family, raised going to church, raised going to Wednesday night youth group and and all that stuff, but I don't know that I really had a relationship with God that was mine, um, that was based on anything other than just going to church. So I grew up around it, was familiar with it, but I wouldn't say that I had a relationship with Jesus until I don't know exactly when, but 20, 21 years of age. Ish. What changed for you when you were 20 or 21? Well, I mean, that was just a lot. But the, the biggest thing was that my brother had his second child. Um, he had a severe heart abnormality and uh, just going through that process of seeing my whole family broken and um, being in the hospital room when, when Colton finally passed was one of those moments where you know, I don't 
don't think I've ever heard God audibly speak to me, but it was one of those things that you could just feel God moving and, and saying, there's more to life than what you're doing, and there's more to life, and it's in me. And really kind of through that death gave me life. How old was Colton when he passed away? I I don't remember. I think he was seven days old or around there. He wasn't any older than seven days, I don't think, because it all had happened from his birth. And then going to Rochester Mayo Clinic, they they tried a surgery and it didn't work. So I would guess five or six days old, probably no older than seven. So a lot of people, and I know that I've talked about this before in the podcast, but when those things happen in life that just don't make sense, um, not just a detour distraction, but like a complete, you know, the whole road blows up kind of thing. Um, it seems like people have one of two reactions. Either they turn to God or they turn completely away. What do you think, wh- why did you turn towards God? in that time, especially when you hadn't felt like you had a real relationship with him up until that point? Well, I think even though I didn't have a real relationship with him at that point, I I think, and maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but I think that a lot of people that turn away from Jesus in those moments have had hurts from people that were in the church or hurt from the church in their past. And then it, it almost becomes like a final straw type moment Whereas I, I don't look back at my upbringing and the events that happened in church. I don't ever really look at, I can't pinpoint a time in my life where I was angry at anybody in the church or that they've done anything to hurt me. So I think in those instances, it's a little bit easier to, when you're in those hard times, to turn to Jesus. But if you've had people over and over who either profess to be Christians or go to church or are Christians hurt you. Um, I think sometimes when major events happen like that, it, it almost has a souring effect on us because you look at the image that people are, are sending to you about who Jesus is. And it's a, a negative image of who Jesus is. It's a negative image of what kind of God would let have people that profess to love him treat me that way and then something major happens a negative event where then it kind of solidifies and and hardens that heart to that final degree where you come and say I have nothing to do with God whereas if you don't have those negative points I think it's easier to to at that point see God and and come back to him you weren't angry with God for taking your weak old nephew well, I think everybody's angry, but it, it, it's kind of like in a marriage. I can be angry or frustrated with you. <laughs> never. Never. And, you know, on that one instance. But um, but you know the true character of, well, at least I know the true character of who you are. And even though in that moment it's a feeling and it's it may be valid or it may be totally unvalid, there's a, a track record that's there. So I think that, you know, depending on what your track record has been from Christians or churches can really impact in those moments, what your image of God is or who your image of God is. So you came to a real relationship with the Lord. You moved out to Washington state. You started going to grad school. 
You met a really nice girl named Janelle Moore, huh? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, for those who are listening, if you're listening to this, um, when I met Brian, uh, it was not love at first sight. Um, what did I say? He's smiling right now. What was it? What do you mean about the old man who's wearing the leather jacket and the comb over? <laughs> yeah, the comb over and the goatee. Um, anyway, but I remember knowing him as a friend and we bonded over. You shared about uh, something that afflicted you as a youth. And and I remember thinking, oh, um wow, he's being so open and vulnerable. I'm going to go up to him after class and um, share about something I've been struggling with, which was I'd been having panic attacks and anxiety issues. And I was, what, 21 at the time? I was only 21. And I went up to him after class, and here he is, a strange, you know, old-looking man, but I knew he wasn't that much older than me. And I thought, We've got a connection here because he just was vulnerable about something. I'm going to share that I've been having panic attacks. And I think it's so great that you shared. And I think there was part of me that was a little attracted to you at that point because I don't know why I would have gone up to you otherwise. But I remember, do you remember what you said? No. (laughs) Not much. (laughs) I remember that you just were like, oh, it's no big deal kind of thing. And I remember thinking, what do you mean it's no big deal? Like, And um, I tell this to people a lot, but you've been kind of like that up and down line, like a heartbeat. That part's me. And then the stable, li- the stable line is you. I've, I've felt like that from the very beginning, that you were always not up, not down, but just pretty stable. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm kind of weird because I'm very open, but I don't feel like I'm vulnerable. And I don't know if that makes sense. So, and I'm not very empathetic, but I'm sympathetic. So, I mean, I, I think that I don't always respond the right way, but I, I also look at, at it as, you know, like with my Tourette syndrome, um, I don't know. It's just who I am. So that's just, to me, it, it's one of those things that is in my life and it it's who I am. So when you, I don't know what I was thinking when you shared stuff about the panic attacks, but I was probably just kind of approaching it as like, well, that's just who you are and go with it. Because I think there's a certain level of, of that, especially in today's society where we're not comfortable with who we are and we, we constantly try to make ourselves into things that we hope people would want us to be. And we just, that's exhausting if we get wrapped up in that and I think of all the selfies and everything like that. And not that they're necessarily bad, but first you got to be comfortable with yourself. So that's kind of why I'm open and I share that is because I think it's important to be just genuine and, and let people know that, yeah, there's things that go on, but it that's life. Well, and I remember in my mind, it was this huge thing, you know, you sharing about your Tourette's and then also me sharing about my anxiety. And then when you acted like it was no big deal, um, I was really taken aback by it. 
And then I think it was a month later, I heard you pray in class for the first time. And I thought, man, I could marry a man with a heart like this. And we became friends and it took a while before, <laughs> before we ended up together. But that has been the constant in our marriage is you've kind of talked me off of a ledge over and over again. Um, not by words necessarily, but by your actions, you've accepted me and others for who they are and not anything else. And I feel like that's such a gift to, um, be constantly around somebody who loves you just for who you are. So he's smiling right now. (laughs) I mean, that is who you are that there, we all have faults and trust me, we both have them, but I feel like that's a gift that you've given me that has encouraged me because if I had been left to my own devices or married somebody who um, escalated what I already escalate in my mind, I'd probably be, you know, in the crazy house sometimes, I think. And you have, for better or for worse, told me, you're fine. You're just fine. That's who you are. Just get over it kind of thing. And uh, that's been probably the best thing that ever happened to me besides Jesus and our kids and all that fun stuff. Is there a question there? (laughs) Because I can take it all sorts of places. Well, go ahead. You know, and I think a lot of times what I think about is, you know, we all have problems and to us, they're all major problems. And that's not to belittle what some people are going through, but whether you're uh, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, we all have things that are troubling to us and that make us strive. And I think that it's easy to look sometimes and say, well, that's your biggest problem. But to that person it is a big problem. And I think that having that wisdom to, to really approach people and that thing of to you, that's a really big thing. And let's, let's figure it out. Let's work on that. And let's, yeah, try to make it not a big thing because a lot of times in this game of thing, it isn't really that big of a thing. It's something that you can overcome with friendship. And and I often think about when, when I am with people that, you know, I, I think the magic of Jesus was that he did accept everybody for who they were. And that's not to say that he didn't want to see them renewed or um, changed, transformed, but if we're going to have that effect on people, we have to accept people, not for who we want them to be, but just for who they are. And to be open to that idea that that person may not be who I would like them to be, and they're doing things that I wouldn't like them to be doing, and to be cautious about that, but to also be accepting of that at the same time. Because, you know, I I, I think you've said that quote before, uh, who you are in five years is dependent upon two things. Um, the books that you read and the people that you surround yourself with. And, you know, when I'm working with middle school kids, I look at them and say, you know, and if you're like me, that reading the book one probably doesn't happen all that often. So you're left with that one influence a lot of times, which is the people that you're around. And so you've got to be cautious when you're accepting of people, because I think that sin is alluring and if you surround yourself with people that are doing all sorts of sins, if you're not cautious with how far you're going with that friendship or that relationship, I think you fall into that same spot really easily. So I think, 
you know, ex- being accepting of people, but also being cautious. And really, that starts with knowing who you are. Because I think that your caution comes out of knowing who you are, but you're also more free to actually accept people because you know who you are. Well, what if you don't like who you are and you're feeling discouraged about where you're at? Maybe life isn't going the way you want. Maybe you're not acting the way you want. Maybe uh, you just want to sit down and watch Netflix and eat chocolate. What, what advice of encouragement could you give to someone who's feeling that way? Well, I, I think, you know, that saying, what is it? Misery loves company. Um, but company brings you down to more misery. So I think it's okay to, to, to feel those things and to do those things. But I think a very wise woman once said to me that God doesn't make junk. I think <laughs> my mom has that line. I just quoted her. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to give credit to somebody else then. But I think that that's such a true thing to think on is, you know, it's easy to get wrapped up in, and I know in our marriage, it's been times like that where it's like, but so-and-so is doing this for their wife, <laughs> you know, and, and I know that's real and I should strive to be better, but it's also one of those things that God's gifted everybody differently. And I think that it's, it's okay to become better in areas that you're weak in, but I think it's important to focus on well, where did God design you to be? What did God design you to do? And I know when we took the Clifton Strengths Finder, you know, that helped us kind of picture some of those things out of um, who we are as people. And I think it's really important for people to know what their weaknesses are and, and to, on levels, work on those, but to really focus on, well, who did God design me to be? Who, who did God want me to be? And I think that that's something that can, if you focus on that, can help you get out of a lot of those pity things because you can start to look and say, well, they might be able to do this really well, but God equipped me to do this. And I think that even in those moments, it's really important to really focus on um, what is going well, what what has happened. I know after Colton passed away, um, I was still in school and I should have never been in school because I was depressed and not motivated in any way, shape or form other than I wasn't going to work at Perkins all my life. And it's a restaurant like a IHOP kind of. And, you know, eventually I just purposed in my mind that I'm going to find something good that happened every, every day because that's a trap that we fall into a lot is, especially when we're having those negative thoughts of everything's going wrong and nobody loves me or likes me. And, and I think that's human nature, but if you can flip that switch a little bit and start focusing on it, well, what did go well? And even on the worst day, you can usually find something, whether it's, I remember one of the girls in one of my classes, she would sneak food out of the, the dorms, you know, which you weren't supposed to do. And, it's just something little, but it's something that you can hold on to that, hey, someone's willing to do that. Well, then I do have value. And and What was she willing to do? To bring me a cookie from the food. <laughs> That's your love language, isn't it? When people bring you food. 
I'm not going to turn down food. <laughs> so Brian, a um, couple final questions here. What's something that you've held on to in God's word, either a scripture or principle or story that's helped you live an encouraged life? I know what was one of my verses, James, James one, five, is that what it is? If any of you lacks wisdom, uh, it's one of the few verses that I actually have memorized, but I think that that is something that I grasp onto is just that God does want to provide for us and God does want us to. What verse is that for those who don't know? What does it say? Uh, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of the Lord and I'll provide it something I, I don't remember it verbatim but you know that's close enough that's the Brianese version <laughs> but I, I think that that's something that I kind of can grasp on and what was the question I, I got a little bit rambly what's something from God's word that you can hold on to to help you live an encouraged life I mean it's all at the cross I I think that that says it all right there is that we were worth excruciating pain. We were worth his life for us to live. And I think that that, I mean, you can find all sorts of things in the Bible, but it really is at the cross that no matter what we've done, who we are, where we are, um, we have that redemption through Jesus who wore it on the cross. Mm -hmm. So I think that that, really strengthens you to be able to do whatever it is you need to do in those hard times. Yeah. For those of you listening, um, I, I shared about this on my blog last week. And if you go, if you go over there, um, I shared a link to Jonathan Edwards giving the eulogy at his mom's funeral. And he was talking about the pain of losing his mom and, and the struggle of that. But then he was talking about um, about God responding to him in the wrestling and how he felt like God just just said, you know, you'll never know what it cost my son to die so that she could live. And it was so beautiful. And so if you need to be encouraged today, I strongly suggest you either Google that, Jonathan Edwards, uh, Lois Evans, or I'm sorry, not Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> Jonathan Edwards is like a famous old time preacher, right? Anyway, got me. <laughs> I don't know. Jonathan Evans. That's right. Jonathan Evans at Lois Evans funeral, um, the eulogy, or you can just go to my website and there's a link on there on the latest blog post. Um, but it's exactly what you're talking about, Brian. It's that whole uh, reminding us of who he is and what he did for us uh, that helps us live here day to day uh, in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Uh Uh-huh. I agree. (laughs) We're sharing a mic, so if the audio is a little garbly this way, it's just because we're going back and forth. Well, and I think that something that stuck out to me with what, what you're referencing is just Prayer is an important part of our life, but what does your prayer look like? And I think that that's, you You always have to be careful what you pray for. I know that's kind of a cliche, but, you know, when you feel like God's not answering your prayers, you got to look at sometimes, well, what are your prayers about? And 
are they prayers of changing other people or are they prayers of really renewing who you are and or supporting other people because i think that that's an important part of being a christian is is how are you praying and and what's your heart when you're praying um I don't think that any prayer goes unanswered. I also think, though, that God works on us through those prayers and being open to him through prayer is an important part of that foundation. So, Brian, the Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards finding something real in Christ. It's about finding um, redemption or restoration eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those four gifts that we can find in Christ, which of them stand out to you the most right now in your life and why? Well, I think authenticity. Uh, I think that's because um, people can see through you pretty easily if you're not. So if you're not authentic, you can't be a representation of who God is, I don't think. Because... um, when you're authentic, you're still going to fail, but people know who you are and they are, I think most people are pretty accepting of failure when you're pretty authentic and when you don't come across as the person that knows everything. But, and I really think that that's who Jesus was too, is he thought he was authentic. When you read the Bible, he was, you know, he wasn't this soft lamb that a lot of people picture him to be. And, but he said things in a way that were authentic to him and authentic to God, really, because that's who Jesus was. And in that authenticity, he became approachable because people could see who he was. And they didn't see anything but the truth. And I think that that goes a long way in our lives with people. And not that we're not, I mean, we're not perfect, but I think that people can see that authenticity shine through and want to move towards that. Hmm. You said something earlier though, that I keep thinking about, which is that you're authentic, but not vulnerable. Is that right? Is that how you said it? Probably. Yeah. But don't you think vulnerability is part of being authentic or at least loving? Probably. I I just, I, I think I guess to me, vulnerable means that I'm exposing something that I feel weak about. I I don't know if that makes sense, but in that I'm not very good about sharing with people. I don't think. And, but like my Tourette syndrome and things, I can share that all day because it's who I am and I'm authentic about it. And I'm not, I don't feel weak about it and I don't feel anything other than it's who God has made me to be and I can use that to work with people and help people when they're struggling and not that it's the same as what some people are working on but it it can give yourself that listen my life's not perfect and I've struggled with things so I can at least be with you in that and so in that I can be authentic but not vulnerable I think is what I was trying to say Mm. Well, maybe we can talk about vulnerability in the next podcast episode that we record together at 10 o'clock at night before the episode is supposed to air. Deal? We'll try. (laughs) Well, um, thank you for tuning in. 
Brian, this has been entertaining and very servant-like of you, and I appreciate you and love you very much. Thank you for being here. I love you, too. (laughs) Uh, Well, that was a special episode. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, please hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real and having clarity through detours and distractions. Per usual, you can follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag finding something real. And of course, you can also sign up for the free clarity resources that go along with this current series by heading over to my website at JanelleWood.com. Remember, friend, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.